to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio. Send feedback via the contact form on our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoy this program, please consider subscribing to our podcast for just $5 a month at iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash support. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Mondays, it's the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, it's the Blue Beetle. This episode originally aired on June 14th, 1940, and this is Spirits Don't Talk. Goes into a central bureau to be tabulated and cross-indexed for 
future of modern flesh mind soul. I had no idea such an elaborate system existed. Sure, there's a regular ring that controls the racket. But what about spiritualism and mediums? Are these so-called mediums part of this racket? Most of them. They constitute the most dangerous part of the racket. Well, how do you mean? Well, when they get hold of a client, some susceptible individual who believes it's possible to talk to the loved ones who've died, they work on that individual's mind. Influence that individual to commit acts he or she would never think of committing if left alone. What's the connection between fortune tellers and mediums? The fortune tellers take out easy marks. And if considered worthwhile material to work on, they're inveigled into visiting a spiritualist or urged to sit in on a seance. My, my, my. People are so gullible. Yes, they are. They have to be protected from themselves. Uh, somebody's in the store. Uh, I'll be back in a minute. Probably Mike Manigan. If it is, send him back. Uh, hello, Doc. Is Danny the fair devil dude? The door in the street? <laughs> yes. Danny's back in the laboratory. He's probably cooking up a witch's brew of some sort. Uh, you mind if I go in? Oh, no. Go right back, Officer Manigan. Hello, Mike. Uh, hello, Danny. <laughs> Are you ready to visit the mediums? Ready and waiting. Hey, you look very smart in your civvies. Yeah, I think your advice is good. They never suspect we're cops in these clothes. How about that? My windblown barb and your red face. You don't look like bookkeepers. Though. Where are you two boys going? To a seance. Being seance. We're going to talk with the dead. Uh, who's the medium? Well, he calls himself Professor Windrift. Where's the seance being held? Windrift House out on Elm Street. You know that old place that sits back from the street? Yes, yes, I know it. Uh, people used to say it was haunted. That's the place. Well, uh, come on, Patrolman Garrett. Uh, uh, pardon me, uh, Mr. Garrett. Uh, you go ahead, Mike. I want to ask Doc something. I'll be with you in a minute. Okay, I'll work out front for you. Say, Doc, can I borrow your X-ray camera with a special infrared lens? Oh, certainly, Danny. I'll get it for you. Uh, what, what can I carry it in? Oh, here. It's my flat. Yeah, here, 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 here. Put it in the briefcase. Thanks, Doc. I'll see you later. If the spirits don't get me. In another part of the city, an interesting discussion is being held. Banker James Henley is talking with his son John and his nephew Will. I want you, John, and you, William, to accompany me to the seance, Professor Windriff. May you be able to communicate with my my dead son, Rodney. Oh, Dad, it's all a fake. This spiritualism and medium and such stuff. I don't believe Professor Windriff or anybody else can communicate with the dead. Well, I do. You only have to take one look at the Professor to know that he's unusual. He has that faraway expression that psychic people have. Oh, nonsense. Uh, William is right, John. Professor Windriff is gifted beyond most mortals. I'm sure he will be able to communicate with my elder son who was killed in Spain. Uh, perhaps Rodney will be able to advise me in my financial affairs. He was always so right about things. I'm getting old, and I need his advice. Yes, and I'm sure his advice will still be good, Uncle James. Yes, William. I'm glad you have the right attitude toward these things. Well, let's get started to the seance. The sooner we get there, the sooner it will be over. Who's there? 
man to be out at Windrup's place, Daddy. Not sure. Charlie Stallman, his son, told me that Banker Henley's a frequenter of Windrup's seances. Uh, how, uh, how are we going to get in there? Charlie got me two cards from a girlfriend of his, who's a hostess in one of those gypsy tea rooms. Do you think they'd suspect us? I don't know, but let me do the talking. You just keep still and look psychic. And how does a guy look when he looks psychic? Just stare straight at everything and everybody. Just as if you were looking through them at the immortal spheres. That's the way I look when I've been hit on the head. Well, I'll start you one before we go in, if that'll help. Nah, never mind. <laughs> I can look psychic without your help. <laughs> okay. That's the house ahead. Yeah, it's a pleasant-looking spot for a murder. Are you healed? No, I didn't bring a gun. Well, I did. And if any goes to the part of spirit, that's gay with me. I'm going to use it. Now, here we are. Come on, Mike, and remember to look psychic. Okay, Daddy. Good evening. All you expected? We have cards. Very good. You come in, please. The seance is about to begin. Thank you. Uh, who are these gentlemen, Gertie? Yes, of course, sir. Are you Professor Windrup? Yes, I am. Uh, this is Mr. Michael P. Manigan, and I'm Mr. Van Norden Garrett. We were recommended to you by the Gypsy Tea Room. My friend here is psychic. Oh, I see. Well, uh, come in, gentlemen. They're right in here. Uh, this is Mr. James Henley, the banker. His son, John, and his nephew, William, Mr. Manigan, uh, and Mr. Garrett. Now, will you all take seats, please? You and Mr. Manigan sit here, Mr. Garrett. Thank you. We sit in a circle and hold hands. Uh, Mr. Henley, you sit here on my left, between Mr. Garrett and me. John, you sit on my right, and William, you sit next to your cousin John, between him and Mr. Mitch. Right. There we go. This is a lot of poppycock. John, John, be quiet. If you don't want to sit in, leave the room. Oh, all right, Father, I'll keep quiet. I'm afraid your son is not in a receptive mood, Mr. Henley. No, he'll be all right, Professor. He's young, that's all. Yes. Now, we'll each take the hand of the persons on either side of us. And I'll put the lights out with this switch in the floor at my feet. Quiet, everybody. Relax. Banish thoughts of this mundane world. And let your minds wander out into the infinite. What was that sound? My teeth chattering. Oh, that you, Rodney, my son? Yes, father. Your son who was killed in space. Speak to me. Speak to me. Rodney, are you well? I cannot rest. A heavy burden lies on my soul. What is the burden on your soul, Rodney? My brother John does not love you. Only William loves you. That's a lie. William is a crook. This seance is... <sighs> Wait. Switch on those lights. What happened here? John. John. What's wrong? We're lying. What, what, what happened? What happened here? Oh, look. Look, my son John, there on the floor. Stand back, everybody. Mannequin, cover those exits. Hmm. He's dead, all right. Stabbed in the back. Wait a minute. What is this? Who are you to give orders in my house? Coleman Van Garrett. My psychic friend is Officer Manigan. And if anybody attempts to leave this room, this gun of mine will speak. And it won't be a psychic message either. 
Call headquarters, Danny. This is a case of murder. An hour later, back at the little apothecary shop of Dr. Franz, Dan Garrett and Dr. Franz are examining two photographs which have just been developed. Now, Doc, this is the first one I snapped with the X-ray camera. It shows the interior of the room where the seance was held. Uh, uh, what, uh, what's that dark spot there on the wall? Where? Oh. Hmm. It looks like a, like a loudspeaker behind a large painting. Uh, that's probably where the voice came from that old man Henley thought was the voice of his dead son, Rodney. Yeah. He was the old man's favorite son. He volunteered to fight in Spain and was killed in battle. Uh, let's, uh, let's see the other photograph. Yeah, right. I took this one just as John said. This is a lie. Shows the group seated in a circle. Look, that's, uh, look there. It's a murderer. His hand is clutching a dagger raised to strike. It even shows the cotton he wrapped around the hilt to avoid leaving fingerprints. This photograph alone will convict the murderer of John Henley. Are you going to phone police headquarters to hold no. him? They hold him. We may not be able to run the higher-ups in the racket there. Oh, then you think the murderer of John Henley was not the top man? Oh, no. He was just part of the ring. Brains of the racket are higher up, but they should have realized that John Henry's death would bring down the police on their necks. Somebody made a miscue there. I don't think the ring planned John's death. What do you think their plan was? Simply to use the dead son Rodney's fake voice to work on the old man and influence him to let his nephew William advise him. And in time, persuade him to make William his heir. But why? William is probably being used by this gang of racketeers. The old man should die leaving his vast fortune to William, and William would be blackmailed into coming across with a large sum of money to the racketeers. Mm, what devilish things evil minds can think of. Yes. Oh, by the way, Doc, put those negatives in a safe place. Uh, they'll be safe with me, Danny. All right. Well, the Blue Beetle is going into action on this gang of crooked buzzards. Well, what are you going to do? The Blue Beetle is paying several visits tonight before another day dawns. Spiritualist racket will be smashed. Who is the murderer of John Henley? What will the Blue Beetle discover at Professor Windrup's residence? Whose warped mind is behind all these fiendish schemes to prey upon honest but superstitious and ignorant persons? Off through the night, leads the Blue Beetle in his crusade against crime. In another part of the city, a man is issuing orders to his subordinates. A dark, sinister-looking man whose tight-lipped smile has no mirth in it. His business is creating spirits. Spirits of those who have departed. Joe, that last batch of cloth you bought me was certainly cheap. My old nature. Make that erectoplasm and that junk. Hey, but the seaboard. Never mind the alibis. Trade it in and get something thinner. Clark. Yes, sir. You still recording famous voices off the air? Yes, sir. Okay. Be my secretary and get a list of the 400 best families. Yes, sir. Call them one at a time. See if you can sell them the idea of having each voice in the family recorded as a memento for their relatives after they pass on. Make copies of each. We can use them in our seance. Now, don't drive away, sir. Go ahead. 
As you go out, tell Sweeney and maintenance to order two dozen more loudspeaker sets to my radio stores. Fifty dozen crystal balls and 75 cases of playing cards. Right away, sir. If you're sent for me, Chief. Yes. Now, look, my apple-cheeked little trigger man. Professor Windrip told me that he has reason to suspect that some photographs were taken at his seance tonight by Patrolman Dan Garrett. The negatives may still be in his possession. Or they may be in the possession of Dr. Franz that runs that little apothecary shop. I want those photographs. Okay, Chief, I'll get them. If you meet with resistance, let your conscience be your guide. I got you, Chief. My trigger finger's awful nervous tonight. It must be the weather. The professor's calling L.G. Show him in. Hello, L.G. This is certainly a terrible state of affairs. When did the cops release you? Just now. Someone bailed us all out and I came right to you. I'll bet you left the trail a mile wide. No. I changed trains three times in the subway. Walked through Ralph's department store and then took a taxi here. Good. Well, what do you advise me to do? My business is ruined. Your business? <laughs> you should have thought of that before you killed John Henley. I killed him? You mean William? I mean you. William wouldn't have the nerve. But William hated his cousin. He was sitting right next to him. And so were you. What makes you think so? A little bird told me. I've got five down at police headquarters. They heard the questioning of your people by the police. Oh. Yes. Oh. They said you were playing up to old man Henley. Well, I... say. You aren't figuring on trying to double-cross me on this, are you? Why, no, LG, I assure you. You'd better not if you'll know what's good for you. And what about those two policemen, Mannigan and Garrett? They'll be taken care of. When the case comes up for trial, they won't be there to testify. Yes, but the photographs. I'm sure I heard the click of a camera during the seance. It was almost dark, wasn't it? Pitch black. Okay. You don't have to worry. Leave everything to me. What do you think I'd better do now? Go out to your place and play dumb. I'll be out there later, as soon as I've had a talk with William Henley. He'll probably spend a few days on his uncle's yacht. In the meantime, I've got my men guarding everybody concerned. I imagine the Blue Beetle will stick his nose into this. And if he does, it'll be just too bad for Mr. Blue Beetle. <laughs> Rodney told him. But this murder, what about that? We're going to let Professor Windrip take the rap. He's all washed up with us. I see. Later, you will introduce your uncle to another medium. We'll go to work on him again, in your favor. You'll be his heir. Yes, but he may live a long time and I need money now. My creditors are hounding me and I can't wait. Now, take it. Take it easy. Just as soon as he makes a will in your favor, he'll meet with an accident. You mean... He'll be talking with his dead son, Rodney, direct. Very clever scheme, but it won't work. The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle, and he's going to nip. Can I let him have it, LG? Go ahead, shoot. Your bullets can't injure the Blue Beetle, but this belaying pin will. Good work, Gus, good work. You throw a mean belaying pin. 
Sounds like a light. What'll I do with him? Tie him up. Wake his body with an anchor and toss him overboard. Okay, LG. Well, Mr. Blue Bleacher, you're gone for a night switch. <sighs> and you ain't coming back. Say, aren't you a, a bit ruthless, LG? In my racket, you have to be. Now, you be a good boy and we'll all be rich. Well, what are you going to do now? I'm going ashore. Professor Windrip is going to have a caller and get a big surprise. All right, Gherkin. I'm going to get some sleep. This has been a very trying evening. Yes, sir. Very good, sir. Did you dismantle and hide the phonograph equipment and records? Yes, sir. Everything's been taken care of. Uh, will you be sleeping late in the morning, sir? Yes, Gherkin. Uh, call me about noon. Uh, very good, sir. What? Good heavens. Who can that be at this time of night? Well, uh, I'll see, sir. It may be Mr. L.G., as you call him. Uh, good evening, sir. The master's just retiring. Well, here uh, see me. Oh. Oh, there you are. Oh, yes, uh, what have you found out, L.G.? The Blue Beetle paid a visit to Henley's yacht while I was talking with William Henley. Well, how did you get rid of him? He's bathing in the sound with a 50-pound anchor tied to his feet. Great heavens. Yes, he was in the way. Just as you're in my way, Professor Windrup. What, what, what do you mean? You're all so, Professor. You almost cleared our racket. I can't wait for the law to take its course. Besides, you might fill the beans. Oh, no. I'm taking no chances. I'm going to close your mouth right... Drop that gun, L.G., or I'll flash with my magic ray. The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. You must be a strong swimmer, Blue Beetle. I am, and I learned a few tricks from Houdini. Otherwise, I'd be lying at the bottom of the sound. Get him, Gherkin! Get him from the house! Oh, no, you don't! Not this time, Gherkin. The Blue Beetle's on the alert. And here's one for you, Professor Windrip. Murderers. Now I'll take that gun, L.G. Certainly, Blue Beetle. Here it is, right under it. <laughs> Just a little jujitsu. Now I've got the gun. What are you going to do? You've got nothing on me. Oh, no? I swam back to the yacht after I freed myself from the anchor rope and had a little talk with William. Was he surprised to see me? He is going to talk and talk plenty. He can't prove who killed John Henley. But the photographs Dan Garrett took at the seance can. What do you know about those photographs? The Blue Beetle knows everything. Now listen, Blue Beetle. Those photographs will never be shown at any trial. Pudgy has seen to that. What do you mean? Pudgy's my trigger man. I sent him to interview Dan Garrett's friend, Dr. Franz, the chemist. If the photographs are there, he'll get them or else. Open the door and I break it in. Well, Mr. L.G., the law's caught up with you. Your racket's smashed and you'll burn along with Professor Windrock. Yet I won't. I'll cheat the chair with his voice. No, you don't. The law's going to send you and the murderous Professor Windrock where you can't cause any more harm. Well, if it ain't the Blue Beetle, Professor Windrock and the Limey Servant, what a haul. And who's this? That's L.G., the ringleader of the gang. Just tried to take poison and I hit him. Here, Manigan, catch this gun. What? Well, okay, Blue Beetle. Sorry to leave so suddenly. Hey, wait a minute, Blue Beetle. You're under arrest. Hanged if the Blue Beetle didn't dive out of the window. Well, boys, slip the handcuffs on these babies and we'll take them along. I'll catch the Blue Beetle the next time. (laughs) 
turned over to the police several racketeers. But what about Doc Brand and the photograph? What has happened to them? Has Pudgy carried out the orders of his chief, the infamous LG? Let's hurry back to the little apothecary shop of Dr. Brand. Doc, what's friends? Where are you? Hello, Danny. Why, what's your hurry? Are you all right? Never felt better in my life. But, but, the gunman, the pudgy... Uh, rosy cheeked a rather confident gentleman called earlier tonight. Uh, I was in my laboratory at the time. Yeah, well, well, what happened? He mentioned something about some photographs. He was rather insistent that I give them to him. Well, did he... Yes, yes, uh, he pointed a gun at me. What did you do? Squirted a syringe full of concentrated ammonia in his eyes. Good. Where is he now? I tied him up to keep him from playing with my chemicals in there. Oh, that's great. And the photographs are safe. Everything's under control. Ah, fine. Those photographs will convict Professor Windrup of young Henley's murder. And William's testimony will take care of LG. Oh. What does LG stand for, Danny? According to William, LG stands for live ghost. The man behind the spirit. Well, if you'll excuse me, Doc, I'm going to turn in. The Blue Beetles had a very busy night. And so all loose threads were tied together. And another racket smashed, thanks to Dan Garrett, Mike Manigan, Dr. Franz, and the Blue Beetles. What new adventure awaits the Blue Beetles? This question will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. And now, here's The Blue Beetle himself to say a few words. The moral of this story is that there's no honor among thieves. In other words, never become associated with anyone in any endeavor or plan that is not absolutely straightforward. If you do, you can expect to be double-crossed or become the cat's paw or the fall guy. Remember to always look up, never down, and to associate only with those persons you can respect. appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine and the Blue Beetle Magazine. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. Don't forget to listen in to the Blue Beetle. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. You know, those that prey on people's grief are the worst for me. And unfortunately, we don't have the Blue Beetle to help dismantle them. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Spotify, Apple, or Google. We're also on Stitcher, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio, 
or by listening right from our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoy our program, please make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so by visiting iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash support. Tomorrow we'll play a new episode of My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.